Recording an We're intro, back. yeah, to our episode. We already recorded the episode. It was good. Yeah, it was great. Whole was, lot of outtakes. Was, this is the first time we've ever had outtakes. Yeah, we where definitely had like, some outtakes. Yeah, where I had to be like, mm, uh, that can't go in there. No, no. <laughs> yeah, so we we talked a lot about uh, you know late stage capitalism. You know Trump. We talked. We didn't mention much about DeSantis completely cratering in the approval ratings but we'll save that for another mm, podcast not a surprise the reason we're really doing this intro is to acknowledge yes so uh this is going to be uh probably the most me- well one of the most meaningful dedications that i've done i mean brian had to fucking take the cake and dedicate one to his fucking dad yeah when he died yeah <laughs> well i want to take this moment um so the reason that we have not podcasted in a little while here is um I lost somebody very near and dear to me. Uh, One of friend. our listeners. Yes. Yeah. To, uh, to Mary. And it's so sad because we we just shouted her out the other day and she absolutely loved it. Yeah, so like two and a half weeks ago. I know. So uh, Mary uh, passed away on, oh gosh, it was Monday. Uh, she lost a battle with cancer, although a short battle it was. She just got diagnosed about a week and a half ago. Um, so if you guys have a second, uh, you know, keep her in your thoughts if you know her. Well, you're very lucky. I was lucky enough to know her for six years. Mm-hmm. Um, just a wonderful, wonderful woman. She left behind three beautiful children. Um, so just keep them in your thoughts. Keep them in your thoughts. Yeah. And if you can and are willing, yeah, raise a, a glass of Miller Lite in her honor. Yeah. If you can find Short's local light, she loved that too. Don't do tequila. She hated that. <laughs> Definitely don't do tequila. <laughs> Mary, this one's for you. I love you. Love I miss you, you. Enjoy the episode. Uh, what I started taking very seriously was, um, have you heard anybody ever talk about how like you like you're supposed to surround yourself with people that like you would like to be more like yeah. people who have like the five people closest to you are the ones you're more likely to be, to be like. like. Yeah. I've been trying to really focus on that. We're gonna have to spend more time together. Okay. So the hard thing that you run into there is like people at work. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, because, like, you can't choose your coworkers unless you're the boss. Correct. But I was just thinking about that the other day. Yeah. Yeah, you are the company you keep. I got to meet more billionaires. (laughs) It's true. I want to be rich, but pay my fair share in taxes. Can you imagine that? Like, what if you made a billion and then they're like, hey, you got to pay 500 million taxes? I'd be like, fine, I still have 500 fucking million <laughs> that's the, dollars. See, that's the difference. I think about that constantly because I tell Lana, I was like, honey, you need to become the CEO. And she's like, well, I, you know, I don't know. I said, well, no, like, your current CEO makes or $25.6 million a year. Like, you make that, I don't give a shit. You could pay fucking 70% in taxes. It should be 
Whatever, I'll take it. Right. Think what's ten, what's what's ten percent of that? Two point six five or two point five six million? Yeah. That's enough. Right. I'll take dude, I'd be fucking I'd be ecstatic. I might even go on vacation. I might take a week off of work. Just saying. Yeah, but I'm buying all the Bud Light stock I can. It's, that's the moral. It, it, that's it, the moral it, of the story. <laughs> that's not a bad call. I know it's not. I mean, it's gonna bounce back. It, it's just a stable. It, you know what it is? It's buying a car company mm-hmm. in 2008 after the collapse, right? Mm-hmm. You get bailed out, and the stock rallies. Yeah, because what will happen is yes, a bunch of people. Either dump their stock because they're against whatever Bud Light did, mm-hmm. or <clears throat> people panicked and said, "Oh my God, the sales are going to plummet," and they they drop dramatically mm-hmm. for a little bit, but then they're going to start going back up. Yeah, and you're at a point where it's about as low as it'll go. I want to see it drop a little lower just because I want to buy more of it. Because what was it at? Look at what it was at um, prior it's to It's 52-week low was 44. How long ago did the... the, the what's your name? Dylan Mullane. Dylan Mullane. Yeah. When did they hit? When did that come out? I feel like that was a, like two months ago. But, dude, time flies. I can tell you one month ago it was at $63 a share. It was skyrocketing. It was... It was at 44 in October of 2022. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, in March it was... And then it got up to 66. It got up to 67 mm-hmm. in April. And I just now feel it's like down that's a, to 53. I, I, it, it, it should be at least 67, 65. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not going to double, but it's certainly going to go up. No, but I mean, if it drops into the 40s and it gets back up into the 60s, you're making $20 off of each share. I mean, I don't have the the kind of funds to really. I mean, I guess I, if I really threw everything into it, like I could make some good money off of it, but it would take time, and I don't want to do that. I like my index funds. It's so bizarre, dude, because it's hitting like like bear market levels. Oh man. Larry Fink just talked about something. He was just talking. So Larry Fink is the CEO of BlackRock. Mm -hmm. And he was just talking about how you have to force behaviors. If you don't force behaviors, whether it's gender or race or just any way you want to say the composition of your team, you're going to be impacted. It's not just in recruiting, it's development. We're going to have to force change. So BlackRock is saying, like, if you have to, like, change is inevitable, so you have to push for it Mm -hmm. and be ahead of the curve. And so, you know, making green climate deals, making 
inclusivity rules, stuff like that. Like BlackRock has even said, like in companies that they invest in, they force that behavior sometimes. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they see the outcome long term. So you want to be ahead of it. So you're making money off it. It's that simple. Yeah. Like people are, oh, Target, Target's terrible. Oh my God. And you have all these people going into Target and pretending to be rage, enraged by it. And like, oh my God, the stock's dropping. Big deal. Big deal. It, my it wife is still going to go there and spend two hours and spend way too much of our money. <laughs> I will knit. Tar- she is tar- making Target, your house beautiful. Target will never fail. It won't. Um, Speaking of uh, never failing, it made me think of too big to fail. I watched a, uh, a quick little, I think it was the Wall Street Journal that did this. It was on Jamie Diamond, the mm. CEO of, okay. of, of Chase. Yeah. Of J.P. Morgan. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting. Thing, J.P. Which, Morgan Chase. When he talks, I want to have a beer with him. Yeah. He seems like an ultra nice guy. So there are, there are multiple types of CEOs. Yeah. Right? There's the 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 absolute bastard, like awful human being CEO. But those don't, those aren't very often. A lot of times the CEOs are very, very calculated and measured. And the way they measure themselves is to be somewhat relatable, not too relatable. They want to be looked at as rich, but not too rich. They want to be looked at in this perfect light. Their, their public persona is very, very curated because if they are respected, the mm-hmm. company is respected. Yeah, well, and like so, and he's actually it was. Oh shoot! Now I'm gonna have to look. This you look up. at like Bob Iger, yeah, from Disney. That man has curated this public persona that is such a winning persona. Mm-hmm. It looked at okay. It was U.S. Bank, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Citigroup. Um. And then I put Morgan Stanley in there too, but like, um, but it was, um, like looking at these, these, these big banks and like, it looked at the CEO of those banks and it like broke it down by like a a certain gap in years. And, um, it was from like, basically, I think he's been CEO of Chase for since 2011. Um, so just after the, the dip. Yeah. Um, and he's the only one who hasn't changed since then. Like he's the only um, CEO of a bank that hasn't been swapped out since 2011. He's been there the entire time. Um, and it was talking about like how he's basically like the go-to guy in the banking world right now. So if Congress or anybody in the government needs to talk to somebody in the banking industry, he's kind of like the ambassador for all banks. Yeah, it's very similar to... Well, I would say similar, yeah, not exactly like, but when 2008 happened, you had basically Henry Paulson, who was the Secretary of the Treasury, mm-hmm. reaching out to uh, Bernanke, and but really he was reaching out to Warren Buffett for guidance mm-hmm. and like support. You know, Buffett had the money to support and withstand some of the tumultuous things that were happening in, in the financial markets, and so. Henry Paulson would reach out to Warren Buffett and say like, what, where should we go from here? Like when it got really dire, it was like, where do we go from here? And then they were able to kind of brainstorm and pull yeah. together a plan that 
whether you like it or not, it somehow got us out of that um, situation. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I know Chase played a role in oh, yeah. the bailouts. Oh, absolutely. They were uh, one of the, the secure banks. Yeah. Right? There were certain banks that were toxic and certain banks that were not, but all banks had to take on some of those toxic assets in order to make sure that people didn't lose faith in the banking system as a whole. Yeah. If you say, oh, you know, Chase and Bank of America, you guys are fine, but Wells Fargo, you're fucked. Well, everyone's going to do a run on Wells Fargo and that destabilizes. So they had to pass that toxicity off to all banks. Well, remember when we did the episode on um, the housing market? Yeah. And we talked about Wells Fargo and how they're switching away from from giving loans for mortgages to buying up properties uh, as rentals. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the move of all these huge banks, asset management groups, stuff like that. And it's the reason that the housing market is where it's at and why it hasn't completely collapsed yet. They were talking, and when I was watching the video too, it was talking about how like, um, you know, it's something, Chase has always been careful, but mm-hmm. um, since Jamie Dimon's been there, he has kind of like, they compared it to like a bank is like a castle and you're defending your castle. Most people, they put up the walls and they put up the moat and they, you know, they cross their fingers and hope for the best. But, you know, you don't always know what the, the walls are built out of. It could be paper mache and one spark, you know, hits it and then everything comes down if you're not planning for for some sort of failures in the system and they basically the way that they they compared it to is like building these giant walls then building the walls higher then putting in turrets then putting in people around the moat to yeah. defend the castle and like that's what chase does and you could see that when like when Anna and i were looking for um when we were trying to get pre-approved for a mortgage what they want from you from chase is Blood. It's crazy. (laughs) What? Blood. Basically, basically, I mean, they they will check your finances to the point. And it's all good. It's all donated to the blood banks. Yeah, don't worry. Um, But they want you to have the full 20%. So they don't do any sort of of FHA loans. But they want you to have the 20%. They want you to have six months of reserves in your bank account to cover mortgages, bills, all that kind of stuff. Um, what the fuck? I think they did want your firstborn. Um, see, that's just foolish and short, and it, it, it's it's short sighted. Exactly, you want the, the first, secondborn. The firstborn is going to help farm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's going to generate the revenue for the for the, you know. <sighs> Listen here, J.P. Morgan. No, I I, I think. I mean, I did want to touch on it. I don't know if we're going that route, but. The idea of late stage capitalism, right? We're we're hitting this point where are we in the real, true late stage of capitalism where we're on the cusp of seeing the economic system we all know since birth. Are we watching it collapse? Do you think capitalism will ever go away? I don't think it will. I think it will always in the United States use some some version of capitalism. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing about capitalism. I, all economic systems in their ideal state work, right? In their ideal state, every single economic system works. In capitalism, you have people 
wanting to achieve more so they can get more and then that provides more innovation and you have a lot of you know your hyper aggression in towards of in, in you know in terms of R&D and you're trying to develop and innovate and change the world because that will unlock more profits and more capital for you and the more capital you have the more you can invest and the more it does for you and, and it's just this cycle of good if done right problem problem is is the government has to step in and and block monopolies and it hasn't been doing that for a long time unless it's like two cell phone companies coming together but if you look at the amount of companies that are owned by conglomerates you know huge chunks of all these different companies or you know all these food companies that are intertwined and entertain and entangled and you know all these companies are just so incestual that it's become dangerous, right? And so they've had birth defects because yeah, of it, yeah. Right. And, you know, between that and the corruption, which we talk about, not necessarily like, oh, this is evil, but like the idea that the money is corrupting the government where they're not always doing what the constituents want. They do what's best for their packs and their own pockets. When we get to that point, the system is no longer working, right? Capitalism does not work anymore in this country. Same thing with socialism, right? No one, everyone's like, oh, show me a socialism system that's worked. I can't. I also can't show you a, a capitalist system that has worked, right? Because as we see it before our very eyes, the most well-known capitalist system in, 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 the, in the world is slowly collapsing because it's become so corrupt. And so we look at socialism where the government controls the means of production and pays the labor accordingly. The idea is everyone's getting a, a relatively fair share, all that. That's great. Well, what happens when you have someone at the top of that, you know, the government who's making those decisions on what to do with the means of production? It's bad. But in a good thing, in a good system, you can change like, oh, we, we need to produce. If you look at it right in times of war, what happens? It becomes socialism, right? The means of production are essentially taken over. No, you can't make your little aluminum figurines. You need to start crafting bullets. Or you need to no, you can't make prom dresses. You're making uniforms for our soldiers or parachutes. Right. So all of a sudden it becomes socialist. Why? Because that's what benefits the whole good the most. But then you look at, you know, a lot of socialist or communist societies, quote unquote socialist or communist societies like China or Cuba. It didn't work. Venezuela. Mother Russia. And and whether it didn't work from, you know, the corruption inside or the corruption outside. Right? The the United States has destabilized how many government and economic systems over over time. Yeah, that's our bad guys. Yeah. So it's very difficult to say that, like, you know, capitalism wouldn't work. It does. But the, the idea of, of capitalism working is twofold. Well, and, and two, at one, at one, at what, I'm sorry, finish your thought and then I'll jump in. So capitalism has to have two things. And that's a, a free and fair marketplace where competition can enter, which will drive down price or competition for, for the labor people pay better they're going to get the labor and people are going to leave 
you know, AB, you know, AB gene makers and now CD gene makers are better. They pay better. Well, AB can't even produce the goods, so they run out of business and so and so on and so forth, right? There's this free and fair marketplace and people have multiple choices. Like we think we have choice, but we have like two choices, you know, when it comes to like cereals, right? There's Kellogg's and, and General Mills and my post is hanging on by a thread and it's probably owned by one of the other two. We look at all these different situations where we think there's competition and there's really not. We look at, um, you know, the energy sector. We look at uh, gasoline. We look at all these different things and conglomerates own all of them. And it's like five major companies own pretty much everything. And then you have major asset management groups that own all of that. And then the other thing that has to happen to prevent those overreaches is government has to step in and say, no, this isn't what's best for the economic system. Well, you look at early stage capitalism too, like way back in the, in the Dizay, um, when there was no federal regulation over it at all. When like, you know, back when uh, they, wow, oh God, I can't remember when it was, but they, when they found like formaldehyde in milk, when mm-hmm. they were just using any and all fillers that they could to, to increase profits. And then finally the government says, oh, well, we need to make something like an FDA where we can regulate what goes into these and we have an agency that goes out and, and, and makes sure that everything is to spec. Um, so it's like, uh, my question for you really is like, where is the, where's the happy balance between government intervention and a free market system? So I, I think for me, I've always been a big believer in government. And I know there are inadequacies and inefficiencies that are tied to big government. Now, big government, the big issue is the corruption, right? The amount of money going in and how that sways big government and its overreaches. But my belief is that people in general are going to do good. I think people that do bad things usually come from bad situations and the more we can relieve those bad situations from happening the more likely people are going to do good or there's they they come from too good of a situation well so here's the here's even that right if we're if we're going to take this radically empathetic approach right let's say let's say these billionaire hoarders right they're 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 fourth generation billionaire and they are just not good human beings. Why are they not good human beings? They have had everything handed to them. They've had good education. They've had opportunity for jobs. They've had you know every material thing that they could want. Generally speaking, they are not getting the most important and basic need. Love. Love. And so they don't know how to operate from a position of love they only know how to operate from a position of power right if if you don't know how to communicate with love what do you do in order to win you know an outcome you're going to use leverage you're going to use power you're going to use money you're going to put them in a bad position it's better to be feared than loved right that's the mantra of machiavelli right right and that's because and the prince, he was trying to teach the de Medici's, like he was trying to write this story, like it's better to be feared than loved. 
you're trying to do all these good things, but people are going to take advantage of it. And that's true. There will be instances where people take advantage of you. But the long haul, if you do the right thing long enough, you will get to the right outcome. That's just always been my mantra in life. You do the right thing long enough, you're going to get to the right outcome. And so you're going to be faced with times where someone else takes advantage of that. Why? Because they needed to. In that moment, they had no other they had no other opportunity. They were down on their luck and they needed a break. So they took advantage of you to catch that break. Okay. But in 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 a system where people operate out of empathy first, we would see almost always the right positive outcome. And and so <clears throat> I think for a long period of time here, we have been seeing people operate a certain way. The Gordon Gecko, greed is good. And now we're in a position where people even like us who are generally very empathetic and caring and you know selfless, at a certain point you have to say, you know what, the system's failing me, right? If any generation can say that, it's the millennial generation. The system is failing me and now I got to get mine. And so if you're put up against the wall long enough, you're going to have to fight back. And so that's why I think this late-stage capitalism is, is, is a real thing. Now, do I think we, in our life, exit it? No. I think there's too many things at risk for people to, it would destabilize too much. And I think people would rather live a subpar life than be completely unstable and have risked, risked everything. I'm going to bring you back and ask you the question. Sure, again. sure. Because I don't think that I got, I don't think I got an answer there. Okay. At what point is there a good balance between a free market system? Yeah. But so, not having too much government intervention. Are you saying that the government, because I know you said that you really like the idea of big government and that's So fine. yeah, sorry. I, I, I went think off the, a, I, a I, think, I think the government is much like capitalism. It's completely consumed by greed and by corruption. In so, our government, uh, yes. Correct. In so, other governments, no. And that's okay. why we see I want to focus working. on US though. Well so as in us, baby. So and that's fair. But we look to the systems that are working. Okay. And that's the balance, right? Where there is no money in government. If you want to be a civil a civic a civil servant, that's fine. But there's certain sacrifices. So the best people are the ones going that direction, right? They're not doing it for the money. They're doing it because they have a calling. And so when those people are making the decisions, it will be right. So to go back, what is the perfect balance? I think a big government where there's no money in that government. I mean, there's government like spending and all of that and social services and healthcare or whatever. But in terms of you're not going into the government to be a billionaire, you're, you can't be a Pelosi or a McConnell. You're not going to walk in with $10,000 to your name and all of a sudden walk out you know, with $200 million in net worth after 30 years. Yeah, Feinstein. Feinstein, any of them. I think Feinstein and Pelosi started off rich and just got way richer. Same with McConnell. But with that said, I don't think a lot of people would go into it knowing that they'll never be rich. Now, I think I think senators and congress people, whatever, presidents, I think they should all be paid very very well. 
I just don't think it should be such a quick path to I mean, enormous. I think they are four hundred thousand dollars a year. No, I. That's well, not doing too shabby. It's not doing too shabby, but the cost to get there, right? It makes no sense to spend almost a billion dollars to then go make four hundred thousand. So you have to be rich just to get there, and then you utilize that power for long-term gains. You become a senator, and now you're on six boards of companies, right? Six executive boards or whatever, and you're making fat money. You have all these pieces of equity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you're saying there can't be too much government involvement in, as long as the government is pure and there's no money in government. Yes. Interesting. Well... As long as it's democratic, yeah, no, 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 right. So I don't want to say that's like, a, oh, that's a precursor. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah. I a, didn't, want, I didn't want to say like, oh, there can never be too much government. Yeah, there can. Look at Italy. Look at Germany. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't mean there can't be too. God, much I got to see what's going on in Italy. I haven't really been keeping up with that. No, I'm, I'm no, back no, in I'm the just, day. No, no, I know. I'm just curious. Uh, so I don't think in a democratic society there can be too much government involvement. So long as it stays a true democracy, right? Like, or even a republic, right? If we're voting the right people, and it it's not, it's not a, a battle of of war chess in terms of money to to get to those positions of power. If we can just avoid that, then it's. I don't see any issue. Like I think of Greece, ancient Greece, the original democracy. And they voted on everything, whether it was a new, you know, policy or it was a new rule or where to put a new building. Like they voted on everything. And I, I for me, that's the ideal is like everyone gets a say mm-hmm. in all these major things, all these major policies. But yeah, there's something that's like. Um... And that's why it was I so think, important. I think I think I think. I'm having a slight issue with your answer and it's it's mostly because sure. like I know that we're saying like what's the perfect balance but like there's so many parameters that I think that like that perfect balance that you're 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 speaking of there it's in a perfect world. You know what I mean? Fair. And I guess the answer that I was looking for was somewhat more of like how do we fix our current system like what Oh, um, I mean we we come back to this question all the time. No, 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 no. I'm just saying like Your only prerequisite there is that we take the money out of government. Well, I think that's the first step, and then you'd have to get rid of, you know. We just need an easy button. You know what I mean? I would like to have one here. Is is Staples still around? Did they go out of business yet? They're still around. Sorry, Staples. You're hanging on by a thread. I know. Usually I would say, hey, if you want to sponsor us, but I know they don't have the bankroll. Yeah, sorry, Staples. The last time I went to a Staples, there was like four chairs for sale. When was the last and time like, you used a Staple? I use them at work. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Um, Tech life. Yeah. Bar life. <laughs> Receipts. Yeah, got to put them all together. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, Oh, easy button. That's where we're going. Staples. Thanks for bringing me back, Staples. You did something right today. <laughs> so, if you had an easy button. Is that your ring or my ring? That's your ring. It's not mine. Uh, did you get the one from Ben the other day? I don't know if he triggered it or not. No, I didn't. I didn't see it. No, I had him go up there. 
Oh, did you? And say hi to you guys. I'll have to go back and look. When was it? Uh, when we went for our walk yesterday. Oh, okay. I think we, I saw a ring thing, but I didn't look at yeah, it. Yeah, we've been doing a walk a day. A big, Pro- long walk It was probably day, Tuesday. And, a, and then a big park. Yeah, it was Tuesday. Yeah, I was at work. Yeah, maybe it was Tuesday. Maybe it was Wednesday. I don't know. We've been, Like I said, we've gone to a park every day this week. That's awesome. Yeah, we're really trying to do the summer right. Anyways, easy button. Let's see if I can focus for five seconds. Um, <laughs> so many distractions. Um, if you, I mean, if you had an easy button, then you could just like, when you're... Uh, when you're in charge in government, if say you're the president and uh, somebody does something corrupt, you're just like, all right, well, there was your shot. Press the easy button and they get spit back into normal society. And not only that, but they almost get like, not doxxed, but like they get like a, a document goes out saying, here's everything this person did wrong and here's why they were fired. I feel like we have the right to know that kind of stuff. We're the fucking boss. So here's the thing. It, in like okay, the president gets to have an easy button and just like make decisions unilaterally, because of dictatorship. Right, it becomes a dictatorship. But there are certain dictatorships that would work. Yeah. Right. But even then, like let's say you or I become a dictator and we control the whole country, you would think if if you were the dictator as you are right now and over the span of your life, never changed. I would trust the path of this country just the same. Even if that ideal system works out, you then hand it over to who? And then will they be just as, you know, altruistic or whatever? That's the problem with any system. And that's why I said any economic or even any political system in its ideal state works. We just can't get to that ideal state. And that's why capitalism isn't necessarily the best economic system. For us. For us. For anyone. The problem is, is people are flawed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so there, I mean, there's your biggest issue. People will always be flawed, but in turn, and, and, and they will make mistakes. But the level to which their flaws, just how deep those flaws run and the amount of mistakes and, and all those things, well, that has a lot to do mistake. with, yeah, but that has so much to do with nurture and their ability to be raised in an environment that breeds good people, right? Instead of breeding people that are, are damaged and angry and hurt and want to hurt others, right? Hurt people, hurt people. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a big thing. And so if we just were a little bit more long sighted and thought, I only have one go. And I want to make it better for the rest of the people after me, right? Mm-hmm. Do what's best for ourselves in our posterity, right? Lived up to the constitutional values. Do what's best not only for myself, but the group as well. So yeah. it's mutually beneficial. I think we'd be in a far better state. But this late-stage capitalism is happening because, or what I believe to be late-stage capitalism, because too many people... The, the divide is getting too far, right? So we have too many, too much money at the top and too many people at the bottom. Did you know that three men in, in America control 50, more than 50% of Americans? Crazy. Three men control more than what? 160 million people. Three men control more than, have more control of money 
than 160 million people in this country. Hmm. That is absolutely baffling. One of them's me. Suck it. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> That's not true. This is just my I hobby. I don't think. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think we're. Are we bottom? Do you understand? No, no, there's no way we're bottom fifty. Yeah, I don't know. I will probably, say we're this: probably like fifty-eight percent. <laughs> I would say is throw me into the ring, dude. Like, I think I can fucking go to Russia right now and just end things real quick. I didn't. You sit me down with Vladdy, and I'll just say, you know, I'll bring him some poutine for the Putin. You know what I mean? A little Russian dressing on the side, and I'll be like, listen, bud, what's going on with your day? Huh? What's wrong? Do you feel? Why are you sad? Okay. And this is an honest question. Yeah. Do you feel if you sat down with pretty much anyone, you could talk some sort of reason to them? Like you could. You yeah, could, I mean, unless they're like a psychopath or like a right, like unless they're, unless they're absolutely meant. Like, so do you think if you sat down with like Ted Cruz? Yeah. You could talk some sense into him. <sighs> like Vladimir Putin is probably unhinged. Dude, but I'm just saying, man. I, I've thought about this. Like, if I, I sat down and just, Ted, let's cut the bullshit. Yeah, just talk to me, Marjorie. Let's cut the bullshit. Like, we, we stop it with the the rhetoric. Yeah. Like, let's just talk. Yeah. Do you think you would have an actual conversation at any point, or do you think people at some point just are who they are and can never change? I think so, and I th- I do. I really do think so. And I'm not saying it's Wait, just... Wait, you, I gave you an and or, which which is it? You think uh, oh no, yes, they I've, can change? Sorry, yes, I, okay. I think that they can change. Okay. Um, sorry, I got too excited no, about my good. answer. And I'm not saying this is just me. I'm okay. saying that like this is just this is something probably a lot of people can do. I think that having conversations is just so wildly important. And if you take all of the 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 caveats out of it, and if you take all the um the weight off of someone's shoulder of trying to have to put up this act of who they are um, and get them to break down and just be who they are, I think that you can make some very serious changes. I think that um, I always make this joke. Um, and like most most jokes, I do kind of feel like there's almost a little bit of truth to this, and I'm probably going to get myself in trouble here a little bit, but I don't care because you know, I am who I am, motherfucker. Popeye bitch. <laughs> Okay. Um, I think that if you put two men into a room who have never met each other. They're going to kiss. Definitely. 100%. That's the moral of the story. Thanks for ruining it, Brian. (laughs) No. They will naturally find something to like about each other. Why does... Do you not feel... I I don't feel that way always about about girls. About women. Um, And and this is not... This is an overgeneralization. Sure. That's your opinion. It's fair. No, no. It's not even an opinion. Because, again, it is partly jocular because I, I think my wife could sit in a room and find something to like about anyone. Um, but I always make the joke on the other hand of that is like, if you put two women in a room together who don't know each other, they'll find something to hate about each other. <laughs> fair. <laughs> I, I think that, yeah, I think that's fair. Personally, I think it's both ways. I, I know. And I, and I agree with that. Um, but I, I feel the same way. Like if you just, you just put me in a room with somebody and give me some good circumstances. You know what I mean? Throw me some brewskis. Okay. You know what I mean? Maybe some ciders for the gluten-free folks. I don't want to be discriminatory against the gluten-free folks. Uh, I got all the respect in the world for you Ted guys. Ted Cruz is definitely not gluten-free. No, well, but I'm, I'm, I'm just trying not to. You sit me down with, sit me down with Bobert. I'm like, listen, sister. 
Mm-hmm. Talk to me. What's going on? Like, what do you really feel about this? I'd let her give her my sh- her whole spiel. I'm not going to knock it off right in the beginning. No, no, get it all out. Tell me exactly what you're feeling. Exactly what you need to be done needs to be done. Listen, sweetheart, I'm not going to fucking give this to your donors, okay? This is just for me and you, baby. I'd like candles. You know what I mean? Scented candles, you know what I mean? Really, aromatherapy. Sensed by Jan. Sensed by Jan, baby. <laughs> be fucking throwing dundies across the room. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you honestly believe? Yes, I think that I. I really think that deep down, people are good. I. I Most agree. people. Most people. Some people are assholes. <laughs> but we could separate the weeds from the chaff. No, but you, you said anyone, right? Yeah. I said any. I had the. Ca- yeah, I mean a caveat with like yeah. anyone that's yeah. unhinged and yeah, obviously yeah, yeah, not yeah, coming yeah. back. Yeah, sure. You know, and I'm not saying that it would happen in one sitting, but I think that if you if you have, if you have enough experiences, you show that person like kindness, respect, love, all the things they didn't get during their childhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the real problem that you run into though. And that was for Brian's ears only. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I've already said my one risque thing for the day. Nah, I probably said way more than that. I mean, it wouldn't get you indicted. I would not be indicted. You would not be. You know who was? Donnie. Donnie J. Donald Trump. Seven? Seven uh, levels of indictment, or seven seven different charges, I should say. Do any of them stick? This is the Department of Justice bringing these indictments. Willfully retaining national defense secrets in violation of the Espionage Act, making false statements in a conspiracy to obstruct justice. Those aren't small. Did we make predictions when we first talked about this, about whether or not he'd be indicted? I think so. I think I think you were like 95-5 and I was like 80-20. Damn. You this... were really gung-ho. I was like, yeah, there's... It's tough on Don. He might get out. Yeah. But if the Department of Justice is bringing it forward, like, isn't isn't like the, the same way if... If you're facing the government, you're going to lose. I mean, I think it's like playing the house. Yeah. And, and gambling, you know what I mean? Like, unless you're playing blackjack or... Doesn't roulette have good odds? No. Roulette oh, is 1 in 36. Because of the double the double zeros. Right. I mean, it's good odds. It's 49% chance to win. Well, especially if you're just If you're betting, red, or, red black. or black. Yeah. Yeah. You have a 40... I think it's what? 49.2%? Something, something like that. It's something. But now, did you see... Okay. Again, we're going to diverge, but have you seen the new issues with Vegas? Mm-mm. They've made better profits than ever, but like they're having less players, like actual less foot traffic. Mm. And the reason being is all their games got harder and their payouts got worse. So in roulette, there's a zero, mm-hmm. double zero, yeah. and now a triple zero. You dirty dogs. And then in blackjack, it used to pay three to two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it now pays six to five. So three to two meant you bet 
you bet 10, you won 15. Now you bet 10 and get a blackjack, you win 12. So if you play 20, put yeah. a blackjack. Yeah, no, no. No, I'm just explaining. Oh, okay. So if you play blackjack and you bet 10 bucks and you win, you get 10 bucks. So now you have 20 in your hand. Well, it was if you got a blackjack, meaning an ace and a jack or an ace and a king, ace and a 10. So an ace and a face or a 10 mm-hmm. that equal 21, you would get, and it was just in those first two cards, you got blackjack, you would get a one and a half times payout. So if you bet 10, you would get 15. But now they've changed the odds to six to five, so you only get 12. Well, you play thousands and thousands and thousands of hands that makes a huge difference Mm -hmm. and so their revenues have been like four billion dollars or whatever and the big reason is like they've manipulated their games to be even worse odds and that's so fucked up to me like you're already winning so much money Mm -hmm. i think the best thing you could do right now and a lot of these situations is scale back your margins and win the volume game because what's going to happen is everyone's going to have to scale back their margins mm-hmm. or find a way because, you know, w- somehow we're avoiding this bubble bursting. But, like, eventually something's going to happen, right? So people aren't going to be able to afford certain things. And so that's going to drive the market down. The price is going to go down. And that's going to how that's going to be how you win is through volume. Well, if you're already the person that's trusted and loyal and have built that volume, you're going to retain that and get some back, or and get more as as everyone brings their price down, and and that loyalty long term is how you how you make gains. And I think if it, it's going to be those companies that casino that scales back and says, "No, nah, we don't need a third zero. Mm-hmm. We don't need that. No, we're going to stick to three to two odds. We're going to we're going to be that one. That's going to drive the volume. That's going to bring people back. Yeah, that's the smart thing. And I think that's with all businesses, whether it's, you know, restaurants or movie theaters or whatever the case is, whoever can say we need to make money, but I'm not going to gouge right now. And I'm not saying all restaurants or movie theaters do, but the ones that can kind of scale back the margins to drive better volume, that's gonna that yeah. those are the ones that weather the storm long term. Yeah. Restaurants that's really tough though, just because your margins are so slim in general. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So talk about a volume game. Right. And you that's the thing. You you have to keep it slim. You know, that's why uh Walmart and, and Target have stuck around so long. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not making twenty percent an item. They're making five percent an item, three percent an item. They just sell so many fucking items that it really adds yeah. up. Like people don't realize. Target, I think you owe us some money. We plugged you twice. <laughs> Maybe we should look into Target. Like, hey, Target, do you want to sponsor a small political podcast? Who knows? Yo, Target, what's up? You they would. would they, hey, with my wife. <laughs> we're proud to support Pride Month. We support the Pride community, the LGBTQAI plus, very well on this podcast. So. If you really want to show your support of the pride and LGBT community, support two white straight guys doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we we try and be supportive. <laughs> At least we try to be straight. <laughs> uh, we try our darndest. I think our wives are worried. Yeah. That's yeah, fine. I'm good with it. I don't give a shit. 
Oh, well, this was exactly what I needed today. This yeah. was nice. This was real nice. Yeah. All right, Brian, you got anything else? No, it's uh, it's been nice podcasting with you. I, I missed you. I missed you. I've got I got a lot of feedback. Uh, Jason definitely chimed in saying, yeah. "Hey, he's all caught up. Everyone's all caught up. My sister was all caught up. All these people are they're all caught up, and they're like, hey, when's the next episode coming?' I'm like, I think we're gonna record Wednesday. And that was a lie, but we got there and. More than anything, that means the world to us when you say that you're listening, that you're enjoying, that you need more. And we'll just continue to try and create more. And on that note, do good, be great, and do it for Mary. Love you guys. We the ones that he just let into the back. We the misfits. How you gonna react? We insomniacs. We ain't get no sleep. Break the rules. Can't stay on beat. Making moves. Running through the streets. A to Z. Follow my lead. This ain't the status quo. This is rock and roll. This is how I get on the run. This is bye bye ta ta audio. This is all or none. This is all I know. This that I don't know. We try and go. I don't even know. I'm just trying to roll. Me and my friends trying to hit the road. Trying to catch a wave. Gotta see my soul. Thought I was gone, but I'm back. Why ones on the attack? Got no time to relax. Let's go pronto ASAP. My moves, added it in you. They ain't heard a good news. Well, this is what you gotta do, just break out. I'm a Republican now. <laughs>